0: Friends, my name is Jody Swee and I'm a life coach and spiritual director traveling the country with my family in an RV as we seek to discover the joy in the journey. I've been studying the Bible for over 20 years, and I freaking love it. Now I'm sharing it with you in hopes that you discover that you do too. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode, and I hope you all will forgive me for not giving you the heads up before I went radio silent. I know that some of you are enjoying this podcast as much as I do, and we're going to keep going as long as we do. But consistency is important, and I'm trying to find the right rhythms for us. So stay with me, and we'll figure it out together. We're going to begin our time together by inviting the Lord to join us. He's always with us, and He knows that, but sometimes we forget, and acknowledging it softens us and allows us to receive what He is offering. Lord Jesus, thank you for your constant support and presence. Help us to understand what that means in our lives and allow your love to transform us from the inside out. Amen. Today, we're digging into Mark 1, 14 through 27, and it brings out the street preacher in me because it is a powerful picture of Jesus. And most of us don't live in the knowledge of just how amazing and powerful Jesus is and can be in our lives. Jesus changes everything. And I'm not talking about the Jesus of politics or pop culture. As I've said before, that guy can be anybody a smiling fast talker wants to make him. The real Jesus of the Bible is everything you need him to be. He is pure of heart and powerful, fighting for you every dang day. Sometimes I have an overwhelming desire to go stand on a street corner and holler this stuff at, at people as they pass by. Jesus is here for you. He loves you. He wants to give you more than this earthly world can ever imagine. Too bad that ish makes me uncomfortable. Instead, I'll just do this podcast and try to modulate my voice enough so that those of you listening on headphones don't get your ears blown out. Let's get to the scripture. Mark 1, 14-27 Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Okay, so that was actually three different Jesus stories in one. First you had Jesus' invitation to the kingdom of heaven, then the calling of the first disciples, and then Jesus teaching at the synagogue and driving out some demons. Oh wait, that's four. And I could legit spend a podcast episode on each one of these. And who knows, maybe I will in the future. But there's something not to be missed by looking at them as part of the whole. There's a narrative here that we should understand. As we're still in the beginning of Jesus' public ministry in these lines from Mark. You see, he's laying the foundation for what he's about. In Mark 1 he says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. Now, some of you might have some negative associations with this phrase. Repent, repent. I don't know about you, but when I hear these words, I immediately think of the street preacher shouting and wagging their finger at me in the condescending way. But I think we need to move past our previous associations and process the actual words because they're super interesting. Jesus is all like, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. It's happening right now. But what is happening? Well, the kingdom of God is near. And when you hear these words, what do you hear? For whatever reason, when I first hear them, I tend to think along the lines of the world is coming to an end, so you better get right with the Lord. It feels shaming and fear-driven, and I don't respond well to that. But I don't think that's what Jesus is going for. And other translations help us understand this. The King James Version of the Bible and other translations say that the kingdom of God is at hand which means the kingdom of God is happening now. It's not about the end of something, but the invitation to something new. And to receive it, we have to repent and believe. So let's talk about what it means to repent. It's another word that humanity has wielded willingly bless our hearts, and it has often caused so many people to turn away in shame. That's just not how Jesus rolled. He wasn't a shamer that pushed people away. He was a lover and a truth teller that drew people in. The definition of repent is to feel pain, sorrow, or regret for something one has done or left undone. Let that sink in for a second. Jesus is inviting us to feel the pain, sorrow, or regret for the ways we have messed up and then receive the good news. The good news is that we can give our pain, sorrow, and regret, all of our mess ups to Jesus. Hand them all over and he takes them on for us. But he doesn't keep them. He stepped outside of time, and he died with them. So they are D-E-A-D, dead. This is like Christianity 101, right? Jesus died for our sins, blah, 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 blah. But y'all, I think we are missing the power of this act in our lives. Maybe it's because we've become numb to it because we've heard it so many times, which is why we're going to keep reading. past the calling of the first disciples to when Jesus and his new buddies entered into Capernaum in verse 21. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. That, my friends, is a whole lot of power on display. First, Jesus starts teaching. The people were gobblesmacked because he didn't teach like anyone else they'd ever heard. He taught with authority the power of who he was vibrated through to these people. Bless Buddha and all the rest, but Jesus is legit, the one and only. He said it plainly himself in John 14:6 when he said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." In case we're still not feeling it, Mark tells us that it wasn't only the people who recognized Jesus' authority, it was also the demons. I will tell you from experience, demons aren't afraid of anybody except God and Jesus. His name alone is incredibly powerful, powerful enough to make demons flee and powerful enough to free us from our pain, regret, and sorrow if we are willing to repent of it, to feel it. To own it, and then to give it away to the only one with the power to actually take it, destroy it, and give you something whole and beautiful in return. One of my favorite moments in the Bible is when a leper met Jesus and he asked if Jesus was willing to heal him. And Jesus said, I am willing. Jesus is willing, and he has the power and the authority to take your pain and sorrow and regret. So the question for today is, are you willing? Are you willing to be like the people and the demons in that synagogue that day and recognize the power and authority of Jesus in your life? If so, is there any sorrow, pain, or regret that you need to feel, own, and then surrender to Jesus? We're going to spend some time here on our own before the Lord and work it out. If you need more time, please pause here and take it. If you're ready to move on and you're willing and able, stretch your hands out, palms up, and imagine your thing, whatever it is that you need to repent of, and then imagine placing it in your palms and offer it to Jesus as I pray. Jesus, sometimes we forget how powerful you are and that you are the only one who has the authority to take away our pain, sorrow, and regret for the things we have done or left undone. But today is a day for us to repent and seek the kingdom of God. Please show us the way. Amen. Now let's take some time to pray for our people. Who is struggling right now and needs your prayer support? Take some time to pray for whomever comes to mind in these next few minutes. We're going to end today with these words from 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Thanks for listening to Live Idlewild with Jody Swee. I love you guys and I hope this serves you well. If you're loving this stuff and you want something to process with, don't hesitate to reach out to me. That's a big part of what I do as a life coach and spiritual director. And you can try a pressure-free session for free. Just head on over to my website, JodySwee.com, and schedule it today. Until next time, my friends, may the love of Jesus grow wild within you until it overflows to others.